Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Kelder Royce, who is running for governor in Wisconsin. I wanted to take a quick minute to remind you that there are good things happening in the world. We're being constantly bombarded with terrible, heart-wrenching news, scandal, bigotry, and straight-up lies every single day. And it's hard to remember that that's not all that's happening in the world. I'm not advocating for sticking your head in the sand and ignoring what's going on. But give yourself permission to think of the good things that are happening. This is part of self-care. Give yourself a break from all of the terribleness. Laugh, smile, play with your dog. All of the noise will still be there when you get back. So in doing my prep for the interview, I was obviously on your website and on your about or your meet Kelda page. I I love the categories you've got mother, listener, truth teller, advocate. The one I'm not sure about is Badger. Oh, yeah. Wisconsin's the Badger state. (laughs) (laughs) Not being from Wisconsin, I wouldn't have got that. What is like, what is the deal with the Badger? I just have to ask you. As a, as a homegrown Wisconsin native, like what, what is the deal with the Badger? Well, Wisconsin is the Badger state because uh, we had a lot of mining uh, when, you know, during the 1800s. And uh, so people would be down in the mines all day and they would come out and I think, you know, be covered in dirt and soot. And, you know, Badgers are tenacious little rodents and it's <laughs> It's become a, a pride of honor, a badge of honor for Wisconsinites. And that's the mascot of the University of Wisconsin. So we wear it with pride. That's hilarious. I love that. I can see how that would be somewhat disconcerting if you were not aware that Wisconsin <laughs> is the badger state. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I've got a ton of questions that are not badger related for you. So let's get you introduced <laughs> and get going here. So who are you and for what are you running? I'm Kelda Royce, and I'm running for governor of Wisconsin. And why did you decide to run? I decided to run because I want Wisconsin to be a place where every child has the opportunity to succeed. I want us to be a state of opportunity and fairness again. And this is not your first political race because you are a state rep. How is this race different from when you ran for that? Yes, I um, I served for a couple of terms in our state legislature, and I was in the leadership in the assembly. Um, I have to say this year feels very, very different because it feels like it actually almost might be an advantage (laughs) to be running for office as a woman (laughs) this time, as opposed to um, something that you have to, uh, you know, apologize for almost or, you know, explain yourself. And, uh, and that's encouraging. And I think there's just a lot of excitement generally about people getting involved in politics and maybe a new generation of leadership stepping forward as well. Definitely. And you have a history of being a fierce advocate for women, both in the state legislature and your work outside of that. But what most non-Wisconsinites know you for is being the candidate who breastfed her daughter in a campaign ad. Does that make you nuts? (laughs) Or do you find that that's like a helpful foot in the door? No, I I think it's fine. You know, I, I definitely took a risk by including that footage in my campaign video. But I have to say I'm so glad I did because I heard from people all over the state and all over the country and and even internationally about how 
meaningful it was for them to see a woman running for a powerful office and also embracing the fact that she's a mother. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, I've, I've certainly felt this, uh, people sort of see, uh, mutually exclusive roles for women, right? Either you're a nurturing, mm-hmm. caring mother and a loving wife and, you know, fulfilling the sort of traditional roles, or you're a competent professional and you're, you know, someone who's smart and capable and can run the show. And we don't really get to see those things mesh together a lot. And I think, you know, in 2018, women want to feel like uh, we can have the same kind of integrated public and personal life as men have had for for their, you know, generations. Oh, absolutely. And mothers who are running for office, especially, you know, this year and last year, are absolutely embracing that people are campaigning with their kids, you know, and going to, to into the legislature with their kids. And so I think, especially for this generation of, of women who are campaigning, it's the ultimate answer to that ever present question. How are you going to run for office and take care of your kids? Like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do both. It's, it's totally fine. I got this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and what's interesting is, uh, (laughs) I mean, you know, it's ridiculous because, you know, my dad was active in the Democratic Party and I -hmm. went to Democratic Party meetings as a little kid, you know, I'd sit on the floor and call her or whatever. And you know, I think that, you know, women have always been powerful political forces, but they haven't always been the ones given the microphone. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so kids have always been involved in <laughs> in political life and, and community life, whether it's, you know, going to a, a protest march or, you know, stuffing envelopes or <laughs> whatever. Um, but I think a lot of political people involve their kids and... Um, you know, and this is no exception. And I'm, I'm really lucky that my, you know, I've got a broad extended family. And of course, my, my husband is a great partner. And we, we love to involve our kids in all kinds of things that we enjoy, you know, from biking to cooking to politics. Um, and I want my kids to see both of their parents um, in our elements doing professional work that's meaningful and satisfying to us because, because um, I want them to have that, uh, have that model. Have you always been political? You know, I have really from a very young age, um, I've always been, you know, oriented towards fairness. And and I think it's really because my parents, you know, they, I have three younger sisters, and they always made it clear to us that the reason that we had the opportunities that we did is because we were really lucky, lucky to be born Mm -hmm. to, you know, parents who were educated, lucky to be born in Wisconsin, where we had great public schools. Um, lucky to, uh, you know, have parents that had stable enough employment that we didn't have to worry about whether or not we were going to eat or have stable housing. Um, and, um, you know, and, and there was this kind of directive that we not take it for granted and not just say, well, you know, I, I'm so great and that's why I've accomplished X, Y, and Z, but a recognition that, you know, we all benefit from, the circumstances that we're born into, Mm -hmm. you know, or we are, you know, have a lot of things that we need to overcome. And that sense of just basic fairness and justice. And it's like, you know, I don't think it's fair that some kids are hungry because their parents um, work in living, you know, poverty wage jobs where 
they can't earn enough to <laughs> support their families. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair that some kids have good schools and other kids have bad schools um, or schools they can't afford uh, to keep the heater working and have new books or um, keep teachers around. You know, I think those are really fundamental values that I think in some ways are easier for kids to see and understand. You know, I know when I talk with my my stepdaughters who are in high school or my four-year-old daughter, it's just, you know, right and wrong is so obvious to them. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and yeah. I think sometimes for adults, it's easier for us to sort of justify the unfairness of the world and uh, say, well, you know, those kids just aren't going to have the same opportunities because their parents uh, use drugs or, um, you know, whatever. I, I'm entitled to everything that I have because... I'm responsible for my own success, not, you know, not really acknowledging how many things had to go right in our life to, you know, to actually be where we're situated now. That's a tough lesson for a lot of people to learn is that a lot depends on your circumstance. And yes, you work hard, but just because you're a hard worker doesn't mean that you actually earned all this stuff. Well, and especially today, I mean, I think it used to be people thought that, you know, the way to cure poverty was work. And if people worked, then they wouldn't be in poverty. And that's just mm-hmm. not the case whatsoever. We have millions and millions of people who are working 50, 60, 70 hours a week at multiple jobs, and they are still unable to make ends meet. And that's because wages are so low. And, um, you know, a lot of these uh, jobs don't have benefits. Um, and so people's really, really fundamental needs like housing and healthcare and, you know, good nutrition just aren't being met. So what's your background? Well, I'm a lawyer by training. Um, I'm, I graduated from the University of Wisconsin Law School, so I am a badger, just <laughs> a, a real badger. Um, I spent four years as the executive director of NARAL Pro-Choice Wisconsin, working on reproductive rights as well as um, access to healthcare more broadly. So I'm I'm really passionate about healthcare as you know certainly as a moral issue, but also as an economic issue. Um, I served in the legislature as I'm mentioned, and I was elected as Democratic Caucus Chair, so I had a leadership position in our state assembly. And then for the last five years, I've been an entrepreneur and a small business owner, and I started a a kind of a high-tech real estate brokerage that I've grown to serve customers uh, in 41 counties across Wisconsin. So I've got uh, private sector, nonprofit sector, and public sector experience. <laughs> that is incredibly <laughs> ro- well-rounded. Yes. And I was a theater major in college. So <laughs> don't let anyone tell you that you can't uh, do something with an arts degree. Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> Why did you decide to run for governor instead of like Senate or Congress or something like that? Well, I was, um, you know, last summer I was kind of looking at the field and saying, I want to I, yeah, I want to get behind someone. I think we desperately need to take our state in a new direction. We've had our current governor for eight years, and he's really made some choices that I think are disastrous for our state, um, and, and particularly like for the long term for our kids. And I was looking at the field, and I just um, I wanted three things. I wanted somebody who shared my values, you know, progressive, pro-choice, pro-LGBT equality, pro-public education, et cetera. I wanted somebody who I thought could win. Who could you know run a strong winning campaign, um, and that means doing the work and raising the money and inspiring voters and turning out you know the the groups of 
people that we need to actually win. And then third, I wanted somebody who I felt was qualified to be governor. And, um, you know, that means somebody who's held elective office um, or, you know, appointed state office. And, um, and I didn't see anybody in the field that had all three of those things. And people started talking to me and saying, you know, Kelda, you should run for governor. Uh, and, you know, I was pregnant at the time, uh, visibly pregnant. And I just thought, well, that's crazy, you know. Um, <laughs> but as I, <laughs> but, you know, as I was kind of waiting for somebody else, kind of looking around and saying, Who, who's going to do this that I can get behind and help? More and more people were saying, you know, Kelda, you really would be um, great because, you are young, you have a lot of energy, you've got, you know, this really interesting background. I mean, in terms of you have political experience, you're qualified to be governor, but you're also kind of a fresh face and you're a business owner, um, you know, but not like <laughs> an heiress, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I built my own business from the ground up. And mm-hmm. um, so, uh, you know, I, I was kind of, asked to run. Um, and then I started talking with people and saying, you know, well, what do you think about this? And got a lot of enthusiastic responses. And, um, and I said, okay, well, I, I really started seriously exploring it. And then I, uh, I was said, I just can't make a decision until I have my baby because you just don't know. Um, and, uh, so I had my baby and I gave myself a month to just set aside the whole idea and not think about it. And I just woke up one day after, um, after about a month. And I said to my husband, I just, I really feel compelled to do this. I really feel like I have a vision for what the state can be. I love Wisconsin so much. And I want our kids to grow up in a state where every other kid that they meet will have the same opportunity to succeed. And, and -hmm. he said, okay, let's do it. So, um, so I did. And what has the process of running been like for you so far? Well, it's been great. I mean, honestly, it's a huge amount of work, of course, but I am really having a blast. I'm having so much fun traveling around the state. Um, I mean, it's Wisconsin is a geographically large state, right? I'm not running for mm-hmm. governor of Connecticut or something. So it's a lot of time in the car. Um, and, um, you know, I'm very, very fortunate to to have a ton of volunteers and friends and uh, supporters everywhere I go around the state, you know, people who drive me and, um, in addition to having a, a great campaign staff, um, and my husband, uh, accompanies me on a lot of political things, especially on the weekend. Uh, so I, you know, I make calls all day and raise money and ask people to invest in my campaign so that we can build a better future in our state. And then I'm in the car driving usually to, you know, multiple events in a day. Um, and I'm making calls while I'm in the car. And then when it's too late to be calling people, when we're driving home at 10 o'clock at night, I'm writing policy papers, uh, you know, looking at ideas for my first budget. So it's an all encompassing thing, but we've really been having a, an amazing time with it as a family. And, uh, you know, and people seem to really like the idea of me campaigning with the baby because whenever I show up and I don't have her with me, <laughs> People are like, where's your, wait, where's the baby? I wanted to be a baby. So, so I think I've really changed the expectation for what a candidate for governor looks like. And that's, uh, that's exciting. 
what kind of obstacles have you faced? Well, um, I mean, I think there are the obstacles that anybody running for office faces, you know, um, putting together a strong campaign team. Um, I've, I've been very lucky that I've had, so I've had incredible staff. Um, but you know, that's always, uh, until you find (laughs) the right people to join your team, that's always a big question. Certainly, you know, I think raising money anytime you're in a crowded primary field, it can be a challenge. And I think, you know, for a while people didn't really think that, that our current governor was vulnerable. And, Mm -hmm. but of course in, you know, in recent months, it's clear he's extremely vulnerable. In fact, he's, he's a top tier target. Like he's one of the most likely governors to lose his reelection, provided we have a strong candidate running against him. So, you know, raising money, but that's really, you know, I think I've been very diligent about doing it. And um, I have a lot of experience raising money for my prior races and my, you know, (laughs) being an entrepreneur and and running a nonprofit, you know, it's always, uh, (laughs) that's part of the job is making sure that you've got what it takes to pay the bills. Um, and then I think specifically, you know, uh, there are logistical challenges for running for office, um, you know, especially with a baby and making sure that, you know, I've either got my, my breast pump or the baby and that, you know, I've got childcare covered. So, you know, either I have a friend coming with, or I'm very lucky. I've got two sets of grandparents that live locally, um, you know, and, and in the rare instance when I don't have somebody and it's just, you know, me and the baby and a campaign staffer or two, then there are always eager people who want to, you know, snuggle the baby and, you know, <laughs> you just say, oh, can I, can I take her? You know, can I hold her? And it's like, well, sure. <laughs> if you want to, you're welcome to. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of grandparents and would-be grandparents, especially at, uh, you know, civic events around the state. Um, so that's actually been a little bit uh, easier than I think other people would have anticipated. Um, but I do think there is still, certainly there's still that stigma of, well, you know, can she really be a good governor if she's got these kids to take care of? And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was here, um, you know, there are like some of my opponents want to do like a little whisper campaign against me and say, well, you know, she really, um, she shouldn't be bringing that baby everywhere. And, um, you know, we, she's still has these young kids. And so she, she really shouldn't be doing this. Um, or people, you know, people won't vote for her because she's a mom of young kids. Uh, but you know, that, that really, I think gets smacked down, um, pretty hard by, uh, both Republicans and Democrats. I mean, I was really surprised that the reaction to my video there were a lot of Republicans, um, you know, for every one negative comment, there would be like a hundred positive ones just being like, nope, mm-hmm. that's really sexist. You can't say that. This is awesome. You know, and, and Republicans saying, look, well, I don't agree with her politics, but I think this is great that she did this. You know, I'm a working parent and I, <laughs> I think this is, you know, fantastic. So what are some of the big issues that people in Wisconsin are concerned about right now? Oh, well, um, many things. I, I think the thing that I hear about everywhere is public education, our public schools, um, because um, Wisconsin really 
has a strong history as a place for, with great public schools. And um, they've really been under attack for the last eight years. Um, not only having a billion dollars taken out of our public school system over um, the current governor's tenure, but also um, the kind of disrespect that's been lodged at educators and, um, you know, really trying to, um, I think, divide people in a really cynical way um, to make, you know, to make schools and teachers out to be the enemy. And, uh, you know, and so I think that's a, a great concern to people around the state. You know, people want to make sure that they have great schools for their kids and grandkids, but also that, you know, Wisconsin maintains its property values and that we have an economy going forward, which is hard to do if you don't have uh, educated citizenry. I also hear a lot about the roads and infrastructure, um, mm-hmm. which have been allowed to sort of uh, deteriorate to a great degree. And um, and so that's something that needs to be addressed. And I hear a lot about health care and the cost of prescription drugs um, and also our environment, you know, clean air and clean water, really basic, basic things that are government should be able to guarantee to us that um, unfortunately we are falling behind um, you know certainly federally but also at the state level and letting polluters write their own permits and you know people in all kinds of places in the state urban and rural can't drink the water that comes out of the faucet because it's either contaminated with um, you know bacteria from cow manure or with lead from pipes so we have a Mm -hmm. lot of work to do in Wisconsin but that said, I'm I'm pretty hopeful and optimistic because I think that people are recognizing that we have so many more common challenges than the things that divide us. And if we have a governor who is willing to actually focus on solving those common challenges rather than exploiting them you know, for mm-hmm. political gain, then we can actually get quite a lot done and make Wisconsin um, a great place to live. It's super interesting that you mentioned healthcare because that's not in the public or in the media as much anymore, you know, mm-hmm. in the last year or so. But every single candidate that I talk to says that that is people's number one concerns is healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there are um, it, healthcare in some ways is a great equalizer, right? Because anybody could get in a car accident, anybody could get a terrible diagnosis. You you just have no idea you have no control over it right and so when something when a a crisis hits like that that transforms your whole life you know some people are lucky and have Mm -hmm. insurance and you know and they can afford it and they um you know their co-pays are manageable and they can get the care that they need um and some people are unlucky and they can't afford it so they go without needed care um, or they die prematurely, or they, um, you know, they lose everything trying to access that care. And I think everyone, um, you know, most people overwhelmingly recognize how fundamentally flawed and unfair that is from a moral perspective. I mean, we just should not in 2018 have people who are going bankrupt um, or going without the care that they need because they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be based on the luck of the draw. But I think people are also recognizing that it's an important economic issue. And as a small business owner, um, I can I understand this in a really personal way because one of my biggest challenges is making sure that I can attract and retain great workers 
And I want to be providing them with excellent health coverage, but it is so expensive to do that. And, um, you know, because health insurance is really about spreading risk. And when we have a small pool, you know, of just a couple employees, uh, then it's very, very expensive. So um, I think about the power of our economy that could be unleashed if we just took that healthcare burden off of employers and particularly small businesses. You know, it, it would be a huge boon to our economy and especially to entrepreneurs and would-be entrepreneurs. Definitely. So how can people get involved with your campaign? Oh, thanks for asking. Well, um, go to my website, which is keldaforgovernor.com, and you can sign up for email updates there. Uh, definitely one thing that all candidates pretty much need is money um, to help us reach the voters that aren't listening to great political podcasts like she's running. <laughs> uh, we, need to, we need to find them where they are and uh, you know get our bumper stickers printed. And um, we are doing a lot of grassroots campaigning, which is exciting. Um, but we also need to make sure we're reaching people who are you know not that interested in politics or too busy to really be following it closely. Um, so making a donation is great. Follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and share our content with friends. And if you know anyone who lives in Wisconsin or has a Wisconsin connection, like maybe they went to the UW or uh, married someone from Wisconsin, you can just let them know to tell all their family and friends to vote uh, for me, vote for Cal DeRoy's on August 14th and again on November 6th. Um, ultimately, I think uh, what's so exciting is that we are winning straw poll after straw poll and there's so much enthusiasm because people really are excited about the idea of having someone to vote for rather than mm -hmm. just something to vote against. Definitely. Um, I think people, people are really tired of um, these kind of negative political debates we've been having for years and are ready to turn the page and, and look at what we can hope for in the future. And I got one last question for you. So what is one piece of advice that you might have for a woman who is thinking about running for office? Well, go ahead and do it. It's an incredible experience. <laughs> uh, I, I think, you know, if it's something that you're at all curious about, just take a leap in. Don't be afraid. Um, you know, I've won races and I, I've lost a race, a really big race, and it was really tough, um, you know, but... It was an incredibly enriching experience. You know, the people you get to meet and the stories that people are willing to share with you, it's such a privilege. I mean, it's just, it's amazing to me how this like special world of democracy that, that lets people get involved and you just, you know, you get to see these intimate parts of people's lives and share, um, share their challenges and their frustrations as well as you know the things that they are dreaming about and and that's a really special thing to do so definitely do it don't let anybody tell you that it's not your turn um there's no turns in politics so so just go ahead and do it and work as hard as you can you know if you're running for a local office knock those doors because that's how you're going to win if you're running for a higher office then make those phone calls and um you know and if you lose don't stop because you still can have an important role to play in your community and in shaping the future of our country. And we need you. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me today. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. And that's it for today. Huge thanks to Kelda Royce for chatting with me. You can find out more about her and her campaign at keldaforgovernor.com. 
She's also on Facebook at Kelda Royce, and you can find her on Twitter at at Kelda Helen Royce. You can find She's Running on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at She's Running Pod. If you like what I'm doing here, please tell a friend about the show. And take a second to go rate us on Apple Podcasts. It'll help give the show a boost so that more people can find out about us. That's it for today. Thanks. Talk to you soon.